I think that business can be anything that you want it to be. Business is one of those like malleable things that you can build into what you want. So it's almost like you can build your passion through business. Um, you know, my my passion wasn't always pizza. You know, this was my dad's dad's vision and love. But then I was sort of able to jump into it and exude myself through it. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Sarah Byers, president of Leonardo's Pizza, chair of the Vermont Business Roundtable, Sam's mentor, and everyone's best friend. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber and David Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Oh, hi, Sarah. Hi. I'm going to try to keep this as unemotional as possible, right. but Sarah Byers is one of my favorite people on the planet. Just please include me every like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's all I ask. Proof of life every once Thank in a while that Dave is in the room. Uh, Welcome, right back Sarah. at you. Thank you both. I'm psyched to chat with you. I mean, you knew Dave before you knew me. So, you know, our, our, yeah. our friendship has just blossomed, you know? I know. <laughs> How lucky we are. Go ahead, Dave. You can have. Let's. How about you kick it off? All right. Um, <laughs> so Leonardo's is a family affair. Tell us mm. about like how you got involved in the business, how long, and why do you keep doing it? Yeah. No, that's such a good question. So um, my first involvement in the business was in 1990 when I was 18 years old, answering the phone the year that my dad started the business. And I remember so vividly that I would have other things to do, but the phone would continue to ring. And I was like, Dad, I've got to go. He's like, that's not part of this. We stay until the phones stop ringing. Um, oh, my God. But I, um, you know, I wasn't involved. That was my part-time job. And I actually worked for Gap and Banana Republic um, around the country. And then in 2001, just felt this huge draw to be back in Vermont that really made kind of no sense intellectually. Um, or financially for that matter. Um, but my dad had, you know, uh, built Leonardo's and um, really it was his passion, it was his vision to have something that was creative because at that time it was sort of like you could get a pepperoni pie and a cheese pie and that was it. And um, he really wanted to uh, source ingredients locally and just be really fun with what you could put together. So I called him up when I felt like I was ready to move home, and that was an interesting conversation. Um, he was somewhat shocked and said, you know, yes, you can come work, but you, you know, you're starting at scratch. I don't care what Back to the phones. I don't care what you've done everywhere. Um, and, but I felt it in my gut. It was, it was time to come home. So I have been with Leonardo since 2001. Um, we pulled my husband in for about 20 years, and... I just, you know, in the beginning, it was sort of like building something that my dad had started meant a ton to me. Uh, but as time has gone by, it's become, I think, as much my own as it is his. And now for me, it's about um, sort of sharing the emotion and gratitude that we feel through pizza and um, providing opportunities for people. That that's what drives me now every day. Great. So 2001 was yeah. this influenced by 9/11 and yeah. sort of helped. It's a great question because interestingly, we moved back October 1st, 2001, and um, it wasn't uh, the decision 
was made a couple of months prior, or the decision was contemplated a couple of months prior. But clearly, there was... Uh, well, a great time to be home yeah. and come home. And oh, my just, gosh, yeah, totally. So, you know, I think it's it just makes for a good story that your dad had you kind of start at where all the other employees were, right? And so at the time, were you like, oh, man, uh, okay, or... You know, did you become grateful for that opportunity or, you know, how did that kind of feel when you're first starting out? Because you had a big job at Gap like that, you know, that was a lot. So it must have felt a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. That that was I in retrospect, probably the source initially of a lot of the tough times, because when you're when you're joining as a second generation, I would guess of most businesses, it's not exactly easy, particularly when that second gen has been off kind of doing their own thing and establishing their own leadership and all of that. So it was, you know, it was how do we navigate each other? Um, And yeah, it was really tough. I think the most difficult part was everyone else was like, what are you doing here? Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. Other employees Um, or within the family? Oh, other employees. Absolutely. I mean, you know, are you a manager? Are you like, what are you doing? So you had to build the trust with them, right? Yeah. Because the boss's daughter thing is never fun. No. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And um, it just morphed. And in some ways now, you know, I think there was brilliance in that choice for my father. Because to your point, if someone had just come in, I'm the boss's daughter, and all of a sudden I'm going to tell everyone what to do, I'm not sure that we would have sort of gained the same um, momentum, trust, patience, and all of the things. Because at the time, it was a joke that I didn't know how to boil water. And that was true. So there was a lot for me. Do you have to boil water to make pizza? You, you well, you did. I actually, okay. when I first came, Let's I get worked. Into the recipes. No, I yeah, love it. Right now. Um, <laughs> when I first came, I worked for my dad's other business, which was Anthony's in Essex. So I was there for six months before I sort of moved over to Leonardo's. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit about you know the pre Leonardo's Sarah in terms of your what were your career aspirations? What what was sort of the goal at that time? Mm. You know, it's interesting because to the fury, I think, of some people around me, I really don't, I've I've never had these goals. I've never sort of developed a five-year plan and a 10-year plan for myself. I sort of believe in uh, the flow of life and opportunities as they present themselves. At the same time, I was enormously driven to be successful at whatever it was that I was doing. And in some ways... Uh, that drive was almost too much because it would cause me to just do more and more and more and more and more. But the pre-Sarah, pre-Leonardo Sarah, was just sort of determined to move forward at the gap and determined to move forward. I was about to um, take a position overseeing um, the District of Houston. Um, and, uh, you know, I just I just wanted to keep going. I just wanted to keep growing. I just personally and professionally. So that's who I was. And I think part of that did carry over into Leonardo's for sure. Yeah. I I mean, we're definitely birds of a feather, you and Mm -hmm. I, but I can really relate to that of like not having a goal. And I think they're in, and, and we are both big believers of serendipity and, um, everything happening for a reason. But I, I try to share that with young people as much as I can, because I think there is pressure to have a really clear plan Mm -hmm. or idea of what you want to do. And like, that's just not reality. Yeah. No, because yeah. you you never really know what's going to come around the corner. And and um, 
I feel that with regard to sort of Leonardo's business, um, personal, I, you can't anticipate everything. Yeah. It's not orchestrated already. No. So um, it's unfolding. That's the way I see it. At least with our skill sets, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. I, I want my as doctors a, as to a go generalist, to med school. Yeah, right. exactly. Who's <laughs> a specialist in nothing. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's so true. You don't, you don't always know what, what you want to do or what's available to do. And, you know, part of my journey and when I recommend to folks, like, figure out what you don't want to do. Yeah. I try that through an internship or through mm-hmm. uh, reaching out and having yeah. conversations with other business owners yeah. or other inspiring community folks. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a stockbroker back mm-hmm. when they were called stockbrokers. And you had to yeah. wear a suit. Yeah. And I did an internship at UVM. But I, uh, I didn't want to wear socks. Mm-hmm with my dress shoes and suit and I stuck out really. I like that reason. Yeah. And I, and I told them that and they were like, <laughs> like man, you're a mess. Good yeah, luck. That's, that's gross. <laughs> well, and I, you know, it's interesting because cool. I, I say this, I think that business can be anything that you want it to be. Business is one of those like malleable things that you can build into what you want. So it's almost like you can build your passion through business. Um, you know, my, my passion wasn't always pizza. You know, this was my dad's, dad's vision and love. But then I was sort of able to jump into it and exude myself through it. Um, the reasons for it between my father and I are very different, but it's, but it's yeah, I love that. So uh, Leonardo's been around for 30 years or so. Yeah. Um, what makes the, the, the pizza or the food special? Mm. And has it changed over time? I can tell you that the sauce recipe has not changed. Um, I say that after numerous times uh, trying about 20 different sauces, all of which tasted the same to me at the (laughs) outset. Um, But my father could sort of distinguish uh, all of the slight nuances. But, you know, the basics really haven't. I mean, King Arthur flour from the start, the sauce recipe that, you know, three of us know from the start. Um, You know, certainly toppings and combinations have changed. But... For me, what makes it special is uh, the care with which we um, sort of produce it. The, the human part of making pizza is actually what makes it special when it's delivered to your door. So it's the care, the love, the gratitude, um, the energy with which we do business that I think matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you kind of created a category in a way because it's not like your like greasy corner store mm. delivery pizza and it's not like sit down brick yeah. oven pizza. It's kind of somewhere in the middle, which yeah. is, to me is like a no brainer. But I, I do. I remember moving here and getting Leonardo's and being like, wow, mm. this is not at all what yeah. I expected. Yeah. <laughs> we had it yesterday at a board meeting. We did. Yeah. 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 Frank Yay. Coffee. Thanks. Thanks, Frank. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know. It's interesting because when we first opened, there was nothing else aside from sort of your basic pizza. There was no brick oven. There was no wood fired. There was, and, um, you know, that has been an interesting aspect of this business because we really sort of defined a market here initially. And that um, market has proliferated. I mean, the number of choices that you can get. And I love all pizza and sort of eat all pizza myself. But that's been an interesting, um, an interesting thing to watch as it's unfolded. But you're absolutely right. In this space now, I think we do take up the middle space. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
So one of the things that has stood out to me is, you know, in making Leonardo's different besides just having that kind of um, zone in the middle is just the commitment to the community Mm. that you have. Um, I feel like I'm always seeing Leonardo's sponsoring different events, donating pizza to folks that need it. Um, Was that, you know, from 1990, Mm. was that part of your dad's thing or is that something that has like kind of evolved in the business? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So my dad, um, I always say that he had a social mission before that was sort of coined. Um, it looked a little bit different. Um, his He would, uh, you know, nonprofit discount rate was always part of Leonardo since its inception. Um, but I would say that when I joined the business in 2001, that is when I talk about sort of doing the things that are really important to you through business, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Um, There's a symbiotic nature to me between business and community that is uh, necessary and uh, really deserves reverence. Um, So to me, if we have the ability to contribute to uh, the sort of um, our communities thriving in some way or another – we have to. We're, we're, we're responsible. We, we need to do that for a variety of reasons. And similarly, I think an investment in the people who work with us. Like, you know, it's sort of when you think of a corporation or a business, um, you know, there's a beauty to it in being able to contribute in a way that you might not be able to individually. You're listening to Start Here, a podcast from Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies. VSET is a public benefit corporation serving Vermont businesses from start to scale. We provide no-cost strategic business advising for any business owner, regardless of stage or industry, as well as venture capital for early stage tech or tech-enabled businesses. You can find us online at vset.co. That's V. C-E-T dot C-O. If you like what you're hearing, please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast today. Now, back to the show. Do you feel like opportunities have sort of presented themselves and you've said sort of hell yeah based on the sort of ethos of the business? Is that? Yeah, absolutely. And where we are as a world in that moment. Um, What is... What is most needed? What matters to the people who work with us? Um, yeah. So so that's sort of how we calibrate those decisions because it's true, you can't, no business can sort of give to everything and there are a lot of requests here and there. But it's the things that speak to us, speak to the community as a whole, and speak to the people who work with us. So there's a lot of um, stories and evidence on just how difficult it is to, to find and retain employees and service and in food and delivery. So um, what's your secret sauce for that? I wish that I had a better one. Um, I will say that uh, the two months into COVID um, through probably three years were the hardest times, I think, in our business history. Um, and it was because of that. It was simply impossible for us to provide the level of service that um, made us successful, I think, in the first place. Um, we are immensely fortunate to have people with us who've been with us 19, 24 years, um, and they are the foundation of our business. And, uh, you know, I think 
of course, as with anything, when I look at their longevity, it's about uh, sort of a mutual admiration. It's about flexibility. It's about understanding a person as a person. Um, and I think that, you know, that's the secret sauce. I think in this landscape, that can even be tough in this industry um, because I think we've seen sort of a compression of workforce up and those entry-level jobs are, you know, not as uh, attractive perhaps as they used to be when everyone is looking for people. But I do see that shifting. Um, and for me, you know, I look I look at the community and I see people who've worked for Leonardo's over the years and they're doing amazing things. So for me, it's about how can we connect people to sort of their next thing? How can we be a space for people while they're while they are you know uh, gigging at X Y Z like we, or, or completing school completely like yeah. we just want to be flexible enough to support whatever dreams our people have. Yeah, oh, I love that. Um, and you know, as part of that, the, the business has scaled quite a bit over mm -hmm. the years. You know, you're in two states, you have multiple locations. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how you all have thought about that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that has sort of ebbed and flowed over the years, mm -hmm. but I'm just curious about how that, what that plan looks like from your perspective. Yeah. Um, I think that similarly, I, we, we don't really have a specific plan. Um, you know, my father, who is 81, has always wanted to just grow, grow, grow. He's sort of the visionary. That's He's a developer, a uh, real estate developer. That's just who he is. Um, we opened our Portland Main store in 2007, and uh, we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars the first couple of years, and it required a ton of time and investment away from Vermont. We believed in it, and it ended up being one of our most successful stores. But, you know, I know what that looks like. Um, and, you know, candidly, while I had other priorities in my life, we decided to sort of move in other directions. We tried our jarred sauce line. We, you know, so there are different avenues of growth. At this point, um, I've actually taken a small step away from the day-to-day -day operations. And so now that growth trajectory will be sort of up to sort of the next generation of Leonardo's leadership. We came very close two years ago to signing a lease, like my pen was hovering <laughs> over um, another location in Vermont. Uh, but it was the workforce challenges that made it challenging at that time. But those things are easing, so um, it'll be exciting even for me to sort of see where um, Andrew and Jordan want to take this. So how many locations then? Three. Three, three locations, yep. and about how many folks? Um, we have at our high probably just over 100. Right now, probably 75 to 80. Yep. So you, you touched on it a little bit, but I think um, – you know, the topic of succession planning comes up a lot with some of the businesses we work with. Um, I think, you know, your dad was surprised you came back when you did. So obviously that wasn't part of his plan from the beginning. Um, and you just mentioned some new leadership as well. So can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, you don't have to go into crazy mm -hmm. detail, but just how you think about that, how your yeah. dad has thought about that and maybe yeah. some tidbits that could be helpful for others. Yeah. You know, I think um, what's hard for uh, founders from my watching my dad is, you know, my dad's whole identity is in this business. I mean, he gave it his whole heart and soul. 
Um, and I think it can be really difficult to then sort of decide to share with, you know, your daughter who who you see as your daughter. Um, but I really commend my dad for going to the table. Like for me, it was about, um, you know, succession remained as something, you know, to the side that probably we all were thinking about. It was sort of the elephant in the room for a little while. And I think we spent a little bit too much time with it as an elephant. I think we could have pulled it in a lot earlier, but I think it was scary um, because of that familial relationship and how does that sort of integrate with this professional environment and the the needs that we both have. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel really fortunate to have come to this agreement with my dad where we actually share ownership. We share ownership now. Um, and as I look at that personally, as I look at that next generation of leadership, that's something that I envision for them um, because it needs to continue to grow and morph. It is not me. Mm-hmm. It isn't my dad. It's it's grown into something else. Um, so for me, the greatest piece of advice is to just come to the table and sort of be honest about your needs uh, and work with a third party if necessary, which we did, to really try to find where all those things converge. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Pull those people in yeah. before you need them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, we've had a number of family business owners mm-hmm. in the podcast, and I'm, some of them have these, we'll talk about business, but when we're at the kitchen table or your home, we don't. Like, hard stop. Mm-hmm. You're laughing, so I, I guess that probably may not exist in your no. your family or experience. Okay, Mm-mm. it works. I just was curious. <laughs> no, it, but it's, you know, should it work that way? You know, I always did question that. And what's interesting is I probably questioned it the most between my husband and me um, because that's sort of, you know, I live right. with him. And so, but it it became part of us. It's part of our DNA. It's part. It's definitely part of my dad's DNA. Um, I will say that there are moments when, you know, do you feel like that personal part is sacrificed a bit? Maybe. And, and that's candidly because you have this common interest. Um, so I like that idea. I don't think we're disciplined enough to actually uphold it. <laughs> hey, you're smiling. So or it can't be. There's no tears. No, it's right not. There. No, it's not. <laughs> Somewhat sustainable yeah. this far. A couple decades in. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about just the the pizza scene right mm. here in Burlington and and everywhere right yeah. it's it's a crowded market yeah. and and y'all have proven longevity here How, what do you attribute that to how do you stay competitive um, for me it is listening um, I think it's so important listening and learning I guess um, you know it's imperative that we listen to the people who work with us. We listen to our customers. I mean, for me, social media has been such a gift in that way because we're able to connect with people in a way that we may not be able to otherwise. Um, So I think we, you know, I I think it's important for us or has been that we truly recognize what's important to the people who, uh, order from Leonardo's who work with Leonardo's we don't know everything yeah so it's sort of like crowdsourcing um and in addition just paying attention you know for me like I say I love connecting dots so what's happening over here in this other industry I love to figure out how to connect it Mm. um to pizza 
Um, and I think just the authenticity in what we're trying to do, that, that's all we have. You know, I don't focus too much um, on what everyone is doing. I don't focus too much on how other people are growing and exactly what they're doing. And, you know, for me, it's making sure that we are doing what we do the best we possibly can and that we're serving the customers in a way that's frictionless, in a way that's easy, simple, and that we're giving them what they deserve. Do you have any advice on like, you know, I think you're maybe one of the few business owners I've heard that's like, oh, social media has been great, I right? Know. Like, and listening to our customers. I, I love it. You do have to like filter out noise, right? Mm-hmm. You can't listen to every single bad experience yep. and change your business based on that. So how do you kind of stay positive and you know, look for trends and that kind of thing. Yeah. Any advice on that? Yeah. You know, I see social media and of course it can be hard because if I think if you take social media really personally, those yeah. challenging comments can be difficult. But to me, those are data points that we need. You know, yeah. when I when I sort of look inside myself to make decisions, it's all of those data points in aggregate that really drive us forward. So to me, if one person is commenting, that's an opportunity for you to Think critically about what you're doing because that person may be reflective of a ton of other people who haven't had the courage to sort of post. So to me, I see it as more of an opportunity. I do recognize that things get blown really large, and that has happened in our history. At the outset of social media, it was difficult. Um, But, you know, I think overall it's been positive, and it's just seeing all of those as communication with customers. Yeah. So to get to the sort of how you spend your time, mm. um, you've been such a contributor and volunteer to so many boards uh, in our communities over the year. I mean, there's I think there's like 18 of them on your LinkedIn. <laughs> I tried to memorize them this morning, like I can't. You know, the Flynn and, and other ones like that, and and currently with, with the Roundtable. But I'm curious about your your perspective um, for listeners on. Um, how we all can be better board members? Mm. Um, I think any board is made up of a diversity of perspectives. And uh, for me, it was always important to walk into that board table and not adapt myself to what I thought that the organization was, but to recognize that my unique contribution is what I was there for. Um, I think that, you know, boards can be sort of this, you know, cool table to be a part of and that we'll all just think the same and agree on things and move things forward. And for me, it's an opportunity for us to truly learn from each other. I've, I've learned so much from boards. That has been my education to sit around the table with 30 amazing people like you, Dave, and to hear how you think. We can edit that. <laughs> we, we, we cannot spread we're, mistruth we're, we're here. We are not editing that out. But but really, like, it just, you know, it is the breadth of wisdom around the room in a board that is, like, breathtaking to me. Um, no one would think of a stodgy board in that way, but I do. Um, and that's why I love being a part of it. So that's that's why you see not 18, but but quite a few, because that's my learning. I, I apply so much to Leonardo's. I remember when I stepped foot at the Flynn board and Chico Lager, who was um, one of the individuals who started Ben & Jerry's with Ben & Jerry, you know, I would listen to him and just, just it, it was like this master class 
Um, it was, right? I, yeah. I was a, a fairly yeah. young guy on the Flynn board, too, for five or six years. And yes. it, it was awesome. I know. Right? And yeah. I keep going back to things I learned. Yes. Or we just said the other day, like one of our KPIs, like if we could measure smiles, uh, like like yeah. that's the only thing that matters, right? Yeah. Whether you're coming out of a show or a dance class totally. or out of a counseling oh, session that. with Sam or, or me or Nicole. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it. And so we did touch that you're on the Vermont Business Roundtable. Can you tell us, I mean, obviously you've had a lot of asks over the years to join boards. Why did you say yes to the Vermont Business Roundtable and what gets you excited about that work? You know, the Roundtable's board excites me and their work excites me because it it operates for me almost like this think tank incubator for us to really identify where in Vermont we can move things forward for the people who live here. So to me, the opportunity to uh, serve alongside other leaders in business, leaders in nonprofit organizations, to come together and be a unified voice in how we can truly make Vermont the best place to live and to work and to have fun, that means a ton to me. So I find it an honor to be a part of that organization because it really the voice is important and um, it commands a lot of capital, I think, that we can really wield for good. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so maybe seven years ago, I think, the Lake Champlain Chamber of Commerce thought it would be a good idea to pair young Sam up with Sarah Byers as my mentor. Which that was through the chamber. Yeah, I thought chamber. it was like through. You had pizza one night, and I <laughs> the started driver following. didn't show. And I would have, I would have found her. Like, <laughs> I just started following her around, um, and that was um, you came into my life at a really, really <laughs> important time, and have been. You know, you're one of the people I know I can call anytime, yeah. and you've helped me make a lot of hard decisions, mm-hmm. and just been such a guiding light in my career and my personal life. And I'm so so grateful for that, and and grateful to the chamber for making that happen. Um, why do you do that? Why do you spend time mentoring young people? I mean, I'm not young now, but I was <laughs> when you <laughs> when you took me under your. I don't wing. think I was young. Oh, it's all relative. Sam. <laughs> It really is. Um, You're really going to get me crying. But, you know, I remember I always joked at the time that you were the mentor. And um, that wasn't really a joke. Um, And so when you ask why you do things like that, it's because you're learning, because you're growing. Your spirit, your truth, your dedication, your commitment, I mean, your honesty it just was, it was amazing to me. Um, so you've taught me a ton. You've taught me this person. Um, and so why do I do it? Because it's like this beautiful blossoming opportunity for both of us. You know, it's just like two humans coming together. Dave, can you step out of the room? <laughs> I'm kidding, but you're going to make I, me cry. I can't believe I've been able to talk as much as I have. It's, <laughs> I just like, it's like exceeds my you're, expectations. You're welcome. So. Well, thank you, Sarah. Mm, and thank um, you. I, I try to turn around and do the same for others because you're right. It's, you know, it, it is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And I think um, some of the strongest partnerships yeah. and, um, you know, organizations are the ones that are, you know, people – 
can making connections with folks that maybe they wouldn't normally make connections with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we probably wouldn't have crossed paths either. It would have taken a lot longer. And so I'm, I'm very grateful and um, just know that I'm paying it forward as Mm -hmm. well. Thank you for your words. Mean a ton to me. Um, One final question around, you're also serving on the the board of trustees for Champlain college. Mm -hmm. Um, Why'd you say yes to that? Why? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's an awesome place with uh-huh. massive structural challenges yeah. in higher education. Like, um, yeah, yeah. What, what, what's, what's, and we love them. They're partners, no, they're friends, they're amazing. and, and amazing. Middlebury and yeah, every other college totally. has seen challenges. Yes. So, yes. You know, um, when I, as an employer, um, we have a lot of employees coming through from higher ed. I could see a Champlain College student. Um, they were ready to be there. They were ready to contribute in a way that was really amazing. They were resources. Um, our store manager of our South Burlington store is a Champlain graduate. Um, but really, for me, it was the students. It was the connection between higher ed and employment, that direct line um, that was awesome for me to be a part of. And so being a part of that college um, for the last three years has been such a gift uh, because they're just doing some extraordinary things that are going to have lasting effects not only on the students that they serve but on the state as a whole. So I'm psyched to be there. Yeah, we yeah. love Alex Hernandez. Oh, he's right? amazing. At least I do. Sam, you, you there? He's the best. Yes, yeah, yeah. total best. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and so entrepreneurial too, yeah. which is such a blessing yes. and and just right person at the right time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Dave, I am going to include you. Once again, and I'm going to have you ask Sarah our magic Ooh, wand great. question. It's redundant when I say you have superpowers now. Okay. But if you could change uh, using your magic wand one thing about Vermont, what would it be? Um, I think it would be for all of us as individuals, businesses, organizations, to take the time to be with the natural beauty of Vermont and to recognize that we ourselves are a part of that. Sure, you haven't heard that one before, but that's truly like, like if we could all see ourselves as a reflection of the natural beauty that we see around us, it would be a beautiful place. It makes me want to go for a walk. Good. Honestly, that's why I came in here like out of breath. I went for a hike this morning with Emily up oh, in the woods. I love and that. It's so important. It really is. Sorry, sorry, I was late. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason I would have accepted. So, Sarah, thank you so much you. for making time from. Uh, love you, Sarah. Your love your you. jobs and your your civic activ- activities. This has been Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. It's made possible through the support of the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. We're having lunch today, Sam, and it's pizza. (laughs) 